the game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chance. Wing Nugent Hopkins. Now to dry sidle. To the right wing corner. Minute to go in the power play. Back to the point. Bouchard, left wing. McDavid to Dreisaitl. Scores! The one-timer! And the Oilers have a 4-3 lead. There's your game winner tonight. Leon Dreisaitl, the power play one-timer. Off a sharp feed from Connor McDavid. The Oilers are back in the wind column. 5-3. The decision tonight in Anaheim. Used to be a tough place to go for the Edmonton Oilers. Now they love it. They've won six straight on the road against the Ducks. Nine of the last ten in Anaheim. Evander Kane, a hat trick tonight. Zach Hyman also scored his 31st. Ryan Strome was very good for the Ducks. He had two goals. And Calvin Pickard is your winning goaltender with 24 saves. He's won his last five starts as the Oilers are now 30-16-1 on the season. Hope you're having a great Friday night, three minutes before 11, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Rob, a lot to talk about in this game, but starting big picture, um, in my mind, the Oilers were the better team over mm-hmm. the final 40 minutes of the game, but it was a, an extremely underwhelming first period and full marks to Pickard, who continues to be a great story for the club. Yeah, to me, he was the, the only player that showed up in the first 20 minutes for the Edmonton Oilers. Outstanding in this game, and uh, the Oilers have gotten quality starts out of both their goaltenders from about the 15th game on in the season. And Calvin Pickard, again, as the backup, gave them everything they needed tonight. He's our fourth star tonight for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. The three stars, Kane with the hat trick, Strom with the two goals, like I said, Dreisaitl, the game winner, and McDavid didn't get a star yet. He had three assists and really two brilliant setups by McDavid on the 3-3 goal and then on Dreisaitl's game winner. Well, when when Connor's coming in with speed and on both the goals he came from up high, the one was on the rush, the other was on the power play, you, you respect his speed and you come towards him. When you come towards him, you open up passing lanes. And that's all he's doing. He's trying to draw you and then he just opens the passing lane, makes two perfect passes, one to Hyman. Hyman just has to leave his stick on the ground. And the other p- pass he made to dry settle for the one-timer and Leon doesn't make for, miss from there. So uh, Connor, he, he, the end of the game in Vegas, you saw him go back to the bench. He was... Very unhappy. You don't usually see that kind of emotion out of him. Uh, And he came out today and he played angry. He was physical uh, a number of times. He had a lot of run-ins with Radek Gudas tonight. And he was flying. And when the game was uh, in the balance, that was when he was at his best. As the third period, he took over that game and had three assists. All right. And Kane gets three goals and he's on a line with Dreisaitl and Perry, a new line for tonight. Our adjustment of the game for Modern Measure, Edmonton's leading provider of made-to-measure clothing, located in the heart of Ice District and at mdrnmeasure.com. So Perry, Kane, and Dreisaitl, uh, I thought a really good game overall. They were the Oilers' best line uh, throughout the entire night. Created a number of grade-A scoring chances. They were... 
uh, physical. They are in and around the net. There's lots of pushing and shoving afterwards. They're all tough to play against. Very, very hard to play against. They all play angry. They all have a little bit of nastiness to their game. Uh, and tonight, uh, when they weren't creating offensively, they were creating with physicality. So uh, that line was outstanding. I thought Corey Perry fit in very nicely playing with Kane and Leon. All right, so 5-3, the Oilers win it. And, yeah, we'll dive a little deeper into some of the key plays in this game, including, quite frankly, at least a couple of uh, calls that went the Oilers' way. If you were watching on Sportsnet or listening here on 630 Ched, you may have heard a hearty refuge ch- uh, suck chant <laughs> in the background from uh, the Ducks faithful. So we'll look at a couple of those. But let's uh, go back to Anaheim here at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca or there's head coach Chris Knobloch. Evidence uh, for putting that line together of uh, 91, 29, and 90. What did you like of their play collectively outside of the points? Because obviously the points were nice. Well, I think what we expected was how well they would be in the offensive zone. Controlling pucks, um, you know, not being able to knock off and, you know, finding uh, each other in the slot and just being able to possess the puck and down there makes it some plays and I, I really like that part of their game and obviously the contributions offensively and the goal department was was nice to have. As your team was feeling out uh, this game especially early on can you maybe talk about the impact of Calvin Pickard's play especially in that first half of that first period? Yeah well, we weren't uh, ready to play um, you know our best at the beginning and they came out hard and they were really um, focused and really played well I thought and you know as the game went on we built up our game and definitely in the second period was our best but uh, we had some breakdowns and we were under pressure especially in the first period and picks came up with some huge saves so we're very very happy with him that's a couple times he's played well in this building. Chris, uh, Tony asked about the deep sorry the forward uh, changes what about the deep pairings what did you make of, of the way they played tonight? Yeah, I, I think it'll be something I'll look at um, on the video and see what they, uh, how it, um, they played out. You know, overall, I thought they had a strong game, and anytime we got in trouble, maybe the forwards weren't helping them out. Often, you see a defenseman make a mistake, and it's usually um, compounded by something else. But overall, I thought they played a strong game. You made some changes later in the game, flipping a couple pairings around. Why do? Why did you do that? Well, the one was, um, you know, Eki and uh, Bush playing back together, and I think we kept the other ones the same. But, you know, I think we're needing a goal, and those two have been our most offensive group. So it was just, so, you know, made perfect sense to put those two together. This morning you didn't want to do anything too drastic. Did you Did you find it maybe it was a little bit too drastic as, as the guys tried to cut their footing early on? I don't think so. I, our forwards are always, we're always mixing up our lines. The forwards are always playing with different guys. and they, There's more um, defensemen. The chemistry is more important, and it is better often that they, they stick together more than forwards do. But I think it's important that they play with other partners and mix it up a little bit once in a while. Tenth career hat-trick for Evander Kane, eighth in the regular season. Can you talk about the importance of having a guy like Kane going offensively right now? Well, right now is a perfect time. Um, You look at our past uh, three games and we've had minimal scoring if uh, 97 or 29 has not been involved. And we needed other guys to step up and, you know, 
if you're going to pick somebody, it would be probably Evander Kane to step up. And, you know, he played a heck of a game tonight um, in all areas. Tell me about, you know, Corey Perry's a good player. We know he can, he's got good hands, he's big, but he's really greasy. You know, he does things that no one else on your team does. What does that, how does that make it better? Well, I think the, the goal scoring, getting greasy, and how hard it is to score goals, especially when you're playing against teams that uh, check so tightly, and definitely in the uh, in the playoffs when it gets even harder, it's you got to find a way of getting greasy. And um, you know, Corey's made a career doing that and finding ways to score. And I, I think it'll just be, you know, he adds to our team right now. He makes our team better. But you know, as the uh, season goes on, it's only going to get better. He slashes the stick out of Gibson's hands, and 30 seconds later, it's in the net, and everybody's booing. This vintage Corey Perry. Uh, you've pro- I'm not sure you've been on the other end of that with him, but with other players, how does it feel when you have a guy like that doing those things for you? Well, as uh, you know, in Edmonton, I'm sure. Um, yeah, just a, yeah. Um, it's it's nice to, nice to have him, and obviously, he's able to find ways of you know not going over the line and not going to the penalty box. There's one thing about playing aggressive and getting into the skin of other um, the other team and taking unnecessary penalties, but he doesn't doesn't do that. He does it smartly and is able to play his game and often get the other team off their game a little bit. Sure, well, there's fans do exactly what you meant at the start of that answer. I wonder about your power play. Like, it didn't seem like it was on all that much and then came through when it counted, right? We needed a goal in the third period, and they were they were dialed in. They were focused, and uh, it was going to be pretty tough to stop them. And, you know, very, you know, you need your power play to come up big, and that was the time, and they, they delivered. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. That is Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch after a 5-3 win over the Anaheim Ducks. So he was asked about Corey Perry. Uh, he's greasy. I don't know if he or the reporter used that word. But, I mean, look, we, we, I was said we want to talk about a couple calls in this game. That was a penalty. Corey Perry <laughs> yeah. knocked John Gibson's stick out of his hands. Now, yeah. um, it wasn't 30 seconds. It was probably seven that they scored after the play, but Gibson takes a second and is obviously yelling and gesturing at the referee. And uh, Perry helps work the puck free to to Kane, and Kane shoots uh, kind of from the faceoff dot and gets it past Gibson's shoulder. I mean that that that's a penalty, and I but I, and I but I know Oilers fans are saying, well, he's on our team now, so. <laughs> So that's good. Well, and it, it was a big point in the game, too, because it was one nothing at that point. And in this game, the, the Ducks scored two power play goals, I believe, in this hockey game. They should have had a power play with a chance to extend a one nothing lead. So that was, a t- that was a weird one that the refs don't call because when a goalie steps out of the net to play the puck, the refs' first eyes, they're always on the goaltender, just making sure that nobody hits the goaltender. So for there to be the slash and the stick goes flying in front, it's like, okay, how did you miss that one? And then just add injury to insult, the puck goes in seven seconds later. And at Gibson, again, I don't know if the stick really mattered in his hand on the goal, but the fact that he was still, it was in his head. It was in his head, like, how is my stick over there? And nobody made a call, and then the puck goes past him. So uh, Corey Perry, that's the way he plays. And uh, that is why the Edmonton Oilers signed him, to, to be a nuisance, to be a pest. Uh, and he certainly was that tonight, and he created that goal. And I was interested, 
you and Bob talking after the game just to revisit that. We know how Evander Kane can play, and Leon is is can be a dirty player, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the the interesting thing when we talk about hockey. We talk about discipline, control, control the motion, but we also celebrate players who sometimes can look the ref or the other team in the eye and say, well, what do you think? You're going to call that? Or or to the other team, what are you going to do about it? And Perry, <laughs> Perry's played that way. Kane has played that way. We know Leon can play that way. And, and, and again, we remember like years ago, the, one of the themes was and calls we would get, are the Oilers hard enough to play against? Are they hard enough to play against? Uh, yes, they are. And now they are. <laughs> they are. I mean, Perry just makes it even more because another guy that can say, okay, well, I, I put my foot over the line. What are you going to do about it? Are you well, going to call it every time or not? It's funny. We The Oilers played against Vegas earlier this year, and you called Vegas a chippy team. Is that what you called them? I think that was the word you – because you said that they don't they, – they push the limit and – Yes. yes. I don't know if I said chippy, but I Something said, along said that they, line. Can, they can push the limit. Yes. Yeah, to me, I believe that's what the Oilers are. I think the Oilers are more so than Vegas, and they have players that – that do walk that line. They are a tough team to play against. They are physical, uh, at times dirty, uh, at times pu- bullying, and they've got the players to back it up. And uh, that's the type of teams that usually win come playoff time because in the playoffs, just as many penalties are called, but there's just such a big number of availability penalties that the referees let go because the, the intensity is up, the emotions up, the physicality is up. And I think the additions that the Oilers have made in the last couple of years in the Hymans, the Canes, the Eckholms, the, the Perrys, and then you add in the fact that Connor and Leon, when they want the, the, to turn the tide in a game, they become physical. The Oilers are a very big physical team that are one of the bullies of the National Hockey League, and tonight their bully line of Kane, Drysaddle, and Perry were the best line in the game. Uh, and then the Oilers get the game winner on the power play, and, and the fans in Anaheim didn't like that call on Carlson. That was kind of a <coughs> funny play in the. I thought a couple guys just fell over each other. That was that was a 50-50 call, and and I think that is a at that time in the game you're like, okay, you're probably not going to call, it, but they did call it. But then about. Four minutes later, Leon Dreisaitl cross-checked uh, an Anaheim Duck defenseman as he skated by him. And that's where the fans went nuts. They're like, hey, wait a second. You just called the little trip down there. This was right in the open where Dreisaitl cross-checked him, and the ref put his whistle away, and then the fans got very vocal on that one. Uh, so, yeah, it's, again, it's only a dumb penalty if the ref calls it. And uh, Leon Dreisaitl is... He plays with edge, and he plays nasty at times. And when he gets mad at someone, he's got the physicality to be able to back it up. So, yeah, there there are times where we take phone calls after the game where the Oilers fans are not happy with the refs called the game. Tonight would be a night where the Edmonton Oilers fans would be happy, very happy, with the way this game was refed. It's the Anaheim Ducks uh, post-game call show that is right now ringing off with all of the can't believe the referees let that go. Oilers win at 5-3, so the Japanese Village goal light is on because they scored five goals in a game. So head to 630Ched.com, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall, an afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. 
Hyman gets his 31st, Drysdale gets his 24th, and Kane's hat trick. He's now up to 18 on the season. Bouchard had an assist tonight. He has 44 points, so that's a new career high. I was surprised uh, when they announced that. I thought he'd had more than that before. And it was actually a couple years ago. It wasn't last Last year. year, I guess last year he wasn't on the power play till the final 20-ish games of the season after Barry was traded. So uh, there's a couple uh, milestones there for you for the Edmonton Oilers. Pickard, like we said, has won five in a row. And this is, Rob, is this, and, and this isn't the first time we've seen it. And again, as it's not a new thing for the Oilers to be good because they have mm-hmm. been in the playoffs four straight years. The 16-game winning streak clearly <laughs> was really good. Was was really good and, and new and, and how miserable they were to start the season uh, w- was noob, and they've how, the, how they've recovered from that is is quite unique and quite remarkable. But I, but I think you see they you know I mean they, let's they win games with their B game. Mm-hmm. You know they do enough tonight. Pickard the first period, and then as you said in this case it was the second line started playing well in the second period, continued in the third. McDavid makes a couple spectacular assists, and you have enough even with your B game. And it, to me, it's a a flip of what used to happen against the Ducks where, you know, we we did games where it's like, well, geez, Anaheim won 4-2 and the Oilers were right there for 35 <laughs> minutes, right? But, but the Ducks had enough. And I think that was full marks for the Oilers for how they pulled it out. But this wasn't their best game. But in the end, they still just had more when they needed more to get the win. Well, they're a good team that that is deep with offensive riches and if you can't capitalize on all your chances against the Oilers and Anaheim didn't they had breakaways and two-on-ones that they weren't able to put in the back of the net the Oilers if if the Oilers are close going into the third period they have guys that can take it to a level that your team doesn't Mm -hmm. Uh, Leon can step it up there's no one on the other team that's going to be able to compete with Leon and when Connor McDavid put his mind to it in the third period he had three assists and probably could have had five or six so if you're going to play against the Oilers you have to capitalize when you get your breaks or when you get your chances and Pickard made some big saves that stopped those chances from going in which kept the game close and then going into the third the Oilers tie the game then they get the power play and you're like okay they're about to score in the power play and they could have had five goals on that power play that poor goaltender makes four great saves and still gives up a goal yeah uh, the o- they hit a post on that hit a post too. on oh, Nugent Hopkins oh, that, that was an yeah. unbelievable shot by RNH there uh, the others their skill level in a close game allows them to start to take games over and Anaheim, there's a reason Anaheim's in 30th place they can play with you for a while but when the other team pushes, when a good team pushes, they're not able to compete. And that we saw that as this game got further and further into it. All right, so 5-3, the Oilers win it. You can get in touch at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You'll also hear from the guy who got the hat trick tonight, Evander Kane. Back in a couple minutes, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Goes to the right wing. Jones in front of the net to Silverberg. Oh, what a stop by Pickard. And the puck cleared out to 
to center ice somehow. Pickard got the left pad on it. Yeah, a really good game by Calvin Pickard. A few choices for his save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310 Glass or visit crystalglass.ca. That one on Silverberg with about 925 left in the first period. Less than a minute before that, he'd stop Ryan Strom on a breakaway. Strom did beat him twice, but had three other glorious opportunities that he couldn't get past the Oilers goaltender. Pickard stops 24 tonight. The Oilers win 5-3 in Anaheim. John Gibson stopped 19 out of 21 and then left the game with a lower body injury after two periods. Lucas Dostal finishes the game. He stops 8 out of 10. And the empty net, once again, fails to make a save. <laughs> it's, it, it's odd with uh, John Gibson, who is a fantastic goaltender, but always injured. And uh, I, I don't think the Ducks did him any, any favors by not moving him a couple of years ago because he's played a, a lot of hockey behind uh, poor defense, a lot of shots, a lot of high grade A scoring opportunities. But they were saying on the on the TV 13 times in the last year and a bit, he's left games with injuries. That is that's crazy. Uh, that that's nuts. I mean, you'll go through seasons where you'll have both your goalies go through them without ever leaving because of an injury 13 times, and then it's tough for the backup goaltender starting a game, tie game going into the third period after sitting for two two hours. So uh, Gibson, a very talented goaltender that has been injury plague the last couple of years. So Kane with a hat trick, Corey Perry with an assist as I set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement bet on it at two and a half combined points for Kane and Perry. Gary took the over, so he gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Okay, here's the man who sent the hats flying tonight, Evander Kane. Safe to say you enjoy playing with Leon Dreisaitl and Corey Perry? I mean, yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, kind of like I referenced the other day, I played with Paris in a tournament 12, 13 years ago. So, uh, you know, and obviously know how he plays and um, got the job done tight. Tell me about Perry a little bit. Like, he's so greasy and he's been doing it his whole career. What does that do for a team, a little bit of that? Yeah, I mean, he's... Uh, better. Yeah, he's another guy that kind of is able to play in the dirty areas and, and uh, he enjoys it and um, you know I think it it creates havoc and it creates uh, space down low um, when you're, you're attracting that much attention like he does down there so um, and he has a great set of hands that uh, he's able to make those type plays so um, great addition for our team. You guys should be an interesting line. I mean, you got a world-class sentiment. You're a big guy shooting off the left side. He's doing his thing on the right side. There's a lot of elements on that line, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, obviously it was our first game uh, as a unit together, and um, we'll see how long that goes and uh, just try to continue to build off of that and um, get more familiar with each other as, as we play more. Do you feed off that, Evander? Because, you, you, I mean, you, you do play a pretty similar style to, to Corey, too, and like two guys that are yeah, way, yeah. yeah, it's nice, you know, just, uh, you know, I'm in there with Labushkin giving him some shots, and next thing you know, <laughs> there's another guy in there, uh, and Labushkin's disappeared all of a sudden, and so it's nice to have a little backup in the scrums, that's for sure. He knocks the stick out of uh, Gibson's <laughs> hands, and you score, uh, and the crowd's booing Corey Perry, or that eye goes kind of priceless, actually, but, yeah, <laughs> (laughs) does (laughs) yeah i mean he's a he's a guy uh 
those type of guys and those type of players, you know, you, they're tough to play against and you don't like doing it. Um, but you love having them on your side of the ice. So, uh, like I said, enjoyable. Double-digit hat tricks for you in, in your NHL career, eight in the regular season, two in the playoffs. You know, as a little kid growing up in Vancouver, did you ever think you'd kind of hear that before? I mean, that's a pretty sweet milestone. I, yeah, I didn't even realize that. Um, you know, there was nine years in the league, I didn't have a hat trick, so I was just hoping to get one at, at one point. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's obviously it's been uh, it's nice coming out of the break and, and getting on the board early and, and getting ready uh, for the second half of the season. You've always been kind of a duck killer in this building. You've scored a lot of goals here. And I'm just wondering if a lot of that is just the way you play, shooting the puck a lot, you know, through speed, or just always trying to put it on net all the time. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I remember my first playoff series was in this building. Um, so I think maybe that just maybe a little bit of that excitement of, of having your first playoff game uh, in a building like this was, was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, we were coming off a loss, so it was a big game and, and nice for us to get two points. That is Vander Kane who gets the hat trick tonight, his second of the season. Remember, he had that natural hat trick in the comeback over Seattle back in November. Oilers beat the Ducks 5-3, so Edmonton 30-16-1, the Ducks 18-31-2. Edmonton back at it tomorrow night against the Los Angeles Kings. 780-496-0063, we have Jason standing by. Hi, Jason, go ahead. Hey, guys, always nice listening to you. Uh, you guys do a great show. Hey, I got a few questions here. I guess um, I, I want to know both of your perspectives on uh, on what's going on here. And um, I guess the first one here, um, the Oilers obviously need help on second line or maybe even third line. Do they? Uh, what's your call on going for uh, Ebbs um, or uh, Adam Heinrich or Jake Etzel? And, um, or do they move to um, uh, the defensive end of it and go after Sean Walker. And uh, the third one, I guess, is... Uh, okay, what do you think, first of all? What, what do you think, first of all? Um, you know what? Um, I think their forwards are okay. But to myself, um, their goaltending is fine. Um, I, I would just maybe help the back end a little bit. I completely and, agree with you. I, I mean, look, we're... I, I, I know you're asking about some specific players. I, I don't know if we're going to go through every guy tonight, but I, I've sort of arrived at the conclusion, and I mean, yes, you could use, I've used a, a Bugstad-esque type player for sure. I mean, you'd love to find another top six guy, and, and maybe they will. I, I mean, I, Gensel's a, well, a great player. He, you know, he makes you a better team. He's he, a 40-goal he scorer. So I'm not saying don't. I mean, is, if you're the GM, if you're Ken Holland and, and Jeff Jackson, the – the COO of hockey operations or whatever his exact title is, of course, you, you should inquire about every player who might be available. But you're going to have to make a trade with a team retaining. I, I just say which, you know, which position set do you feel the diciest about if you go into the playoffs the way it is? And I think it's the defense. Not because this group is playing bad, because they're not. Quite frankly, they're, they're playing quite well. But... Security, security, security. You're you're two injuries away from somebody who's either a career minor league defenseman or completely unproven in the NHL. Well, you're well, one. really even one because Broberg's, Broberg's not, he, he hasn't proved he can play yeah, in the he, NHL. So, so, I mean, Gensel makes you a better team, but how, what you have to get up, to give up to get him, I don't know if the others can afford it. Does Eberle make you better? Is he better than Corey Perry? I don't know. 
I think right now they're giving Corey Perry an audition on the second line. Could this be a line for the Oilers in the playoffs? Do we have to give up assets to be able to bring in another second line guy? They're hoping they don't have to. But they do need depth on defense. Again, I, I, the one worry for me going forward with the Oilers is they've been so healthy, mm-hmm. so healthy for so long. The same six defensemen every single game. All their stars have been healthy. At some point, injuries probably will hit them. And the Oilers on the back end, uh, Broberg might be a really good minor league defenseman. He's yet to prove he can play consistently at the NHL level. And after him, there's nobody down there that you feel c- – confident they can play in a playoff series. So I believe the Edmonton Oilers need depth with experience on the back end. That should be their number one trade asset. Yeah, and it's interesting too because, you know, I see a lot of the stuff that gets posted or questions we get asked or stuff that's written, and I keep seeing, well, I shouldn't say it's everywhere, but I see CeCe's name come up and Fogel's name come up. Okay, so let's let's just say hypothetically, let, let's, let's just put money out of it. And you traded CC for Gensel. Okay, great. Well, now you're short of defense. Well, that's, that's a know, really good f- trade for you too. You're getting a well, forty goal score. You know score. what I mean, yeah. <laughs> or, or whatever draft picks. But yeah. say those were the players involved, yeah. and you'd give up picks or whatever. So then you're missing a defenseman. So then, okay, so then you trade Fogel for a defenseman. Okay, are you better all round? I mean, that's that's the thing. The the Oilers have a, a pretty good team with a lot of guys, not all of them, but a lot of guys playing at or even above their expectations at the start of the season. That's that's even factoring in the horrible start to the mm-hmm. year. So, you know, are you going to mess with these guys and say, ah, well, we got to take a chance and trade a contributor for a, for a trade that is like net zero in terms of how the whole roster is? I, to me, I, I like the Oilers roster. I really do. But I do need believe they need depth. Uh, the one thing, and we talked about it after Vegas, Vegas has had a lot of injuries the last couple of years. When you have injuries, you get to bring up players and see what they're capable of doing at the NHL level. And they've got a lot of guys, especially on the back end, that play big minutes in the regular season. They are very comfortable going into the playoffs knowing they have eight or nine defensemen. Mm-hmm. They've got an extra three forwards that have played quality minutes, quality games. The Oilers have been so healthy that they haven't had a look at Broberg up here for well, since the beginning of the season. Uh, what's it, Gleason down there? Is he capable of playing at this level anymore? We don't know, because he hasn't played here. Because the Oilers have been so healthy. So it is a blessing that they had their health, but it also doesn't allow you to see what deficiencies you have in the minors. Because everyone can say how great Broberg's playing in the minors. But there is a big difference between playing in the NHL and the AHL. And is he good enough if an injury befalls somebody that he can come up and play 15, 16 minutes in a playoff series against Vegas or a playoff series against L.A.? And... We've seen in the playoffs, teams lose two defensemen. So who are you bringing up? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest need for me, is the Oilers need depth, experience, defensemen come the trade deadline. Yeah. And I mean, hey, if they get forwards or another goal, that's, that's, that's a that's, bonus. That's great, too. But if, if right now, if you said to me you can only get some depth in one area, I, I think I would, I would pick D. Because the way they're – if they continue to defend at this level – and get solid goaltending, they have the players to get to three or four a night. Every night, yes. 
Uh, offensively, they're not offensively challenged. Uh, and again, tonight, the best line of the game was Perry, Kane, and Dreisaitl. So if you're going to upgrade on that, uh, I mean, it, 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 what's you, what is it going to cost? And the Oilers are, for them to bring in a player that's good, who's making money, you've got to get rid of players you have on your roster because the Oilers have no cap room. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Do you want to give up somebody who's helping the team? That's, I mean, I guess that's what trades are all about. <laughs> I mean, it's not like Tyson Berry was a terrible player last nope. year. But, but you improved. But they, but they improved with Ekholm defensively, and they had somebody who could, could replace, take spot, replace yes. Barry. So do they have that luxury this year if they trade a roster player? I, I don't know if they do. Well, I don't think they do. Well, yeah, the problem for those, I, I, I don't know if there's anyone down in the minors that can play above fourth line. Mm-hmm. I, really, there isn't. Hamblin down there, I, I love what he does, but he is fourth line tops. Uh, Lavoie, fourth line tops. So for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, I don't know if they have a lot of depth guys up front. Right now they get rid of where you can replace with someone that's already in the minors. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, just to play devil's advocate, and I, I won't even look at all, all the salaries. Okay, Jordan Eberle. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to kind of simplify the argument because we know, you know, he scored 20, he scored 21, he scored 28, 25 as an Oiler. Mm-hmm. This year, Jordan Eberle has nine goals. Yep. Ryan McLeod has nine goals. Uh, What's Fogel got Warren now? Fogel has 10 goals, you know? So... Now, yes, he has more goals than Matthias Janmark and Derek Ryan but you're and not Connor Brown. A, but he's not coming here to play in your fourth line. Right. So, again, is, he, is that an upgrade? I, I guess the argument probably listeners would make, maybe some of them, is, is that he's an upgrade on Connor Brown because Connor Brown literally has not scored. <laughs> yeah, but you're, Jordan Eberle is not going to come in here and penalty kill. No. He's not going to come no, here. No, he wouldn't take Brown's spot. He would just say, okay, we, we recognize Brown's a third or a fourth liner, and Eberle will play middle six probably and would, and would score yeah, sometimes but, as but, opposed to never. Yeah, but the thing is if you'd have to move someone out of your middle six right, for Eberle to play there. that's what I'm saying. He's not, he's not giving you more than Fogel gives you. Um, can he play on your second line? That's why they're checking to see if Corey Perry can do that. Well, I, I also I, to me, there's two guys, if we're talking up front, because I think we agree on the defense. They, they've, they've got six guys who are doing really well. Mm-hmm. They have a player, Broberg, who we still are hopeful about but <laughs> really don't know, and then a bunch of other guys. Mm-hmm. If, if Perry and Holloway play well, then those are additions that you really didn't have, you give up anything for. Holloway came back from injury. Well, and you to, signed Holloway for the, or you, and then you signed Perry for the least amount you could sign. To again. me, the only question is Perry because I, Holloway is there. Holloway is your third line. I thought he was very good in this game tonight. He's got a physicality. He, he to me plays a lot like Evander Kane without the nastiness, without the meanness. He's physical. He's fast. Uh, I don't think they need an upgrade on their third line. I think that the the one question mark will be will Corey Perry on your second line. Is he is he capable of playing there? I mean, he hasn't been a second line player for a couple of years, but he's not going to be asked to do as much. 
playing on the right. second line with the Edmonton Oilers because they got dry settled to do the heavy lifting on that line. All right, uh, 780-496-0063. We will get to more of your phone calls in a second here. Let's go back to Anaheim. Big defenseman, Matthias Ekholm, standing by with his post-game reaction. Matthias, I'll ask you the same question I asked the Andrei Settle. Does your team win this hockey game without the play of Calvin Pickard, especially early in this game? It's definitely in jeopardy, that's for sure. He played a really good game. I think he um, stood on his head in the first, especially, and, and, and played really well throughout. So, um, great job on him. I think he's been unbelievable ever since he got um, called up, and, and he does his job perfectly. So, um, we, we know that uh, he's capable of this. What do you think the line of... Evander Kane, Leon Dreisaitl, and Corey Perry bring in terms of, if you're the opposition, how do they make it tough on you tonight? Well, first of all, they're big bodies, right? And then they, they can grind you down low, and it's hard to get the puck from them. And uh, we know Leon is one of the best in the league to, to protect the puck, but um, those other two can really be big bodies and, and protect it down there, and, and that calls for long shifts. And as a defenseman, then uh, you're chipping for air. So that's um, they played really well tonight, obviously, Kaner with three goals, but I thought that whole line was really good. You played some big series against Corey Perry over the years. You played against him a long time. What's it, you know, what's it like? And why don't the refs ever see all the stuff he does? <laughs> I mean, it's part of the game, right? I mean, you got to be on that line. I, I feel like I um, usually play close to that line too, where it's a borderline penalty or not, or, or otherwise you, you got to try to find something um, that's an edge for yourself or, or little things here and there. So um, as long as you keep it, yeah, he's really good at it, and that's probably why he's been so successful, so successful in this league as well. So credit to him, he's, he knows where to take advantage of some some little details that makes a, a big difference in the end. So are you saying you're deserving of? more penalties maybe or what <laughs> or maybe i'm just saying i'm good to stay in just below that line i don't know you're you take the pick um a lot of changes to the deep pairs tonight what did you what did you think what did you make of them tonight yeah i mean we we flip-flopped a little bit i felt it was half the game with C's and then i was half the game with bush back again so um yeah i thought we uh we we, we didn't have the first that we kind of wanted so um they switched it around a little bit and we got going and, and, and played back to to what we can so it's nice to to try out something different and we know that come down to playoff time or, or what have you there might be injuries or what whatnot so it's it's nice to try um try some different guys and, and we've had the same pair that's been incredible we've had the same um knock on woods here uh, everyone stayed healthy so we've had the same pairs for about three months and uh it was it's always good sometimes to, to try something new and, and and get you thinking again what's the adjustment period like because you and cc play together like 14 minutes it's uh, even strength all year like that that's got to be a huge change after playing with them for so long it is you you get to that's kind of like where we've become now I think all three pairs is kind of where you don't really have to look or think you know what the other guy's going to do at certain moments right and um it's it's a great feeling to have because you know and you don't have to think you you don't have to uh, you can dictate instead of reacting so um I think that's where you want to be with with your partner but uh, that's sometimes I mean, that's what I'm trying to get to here is that everybody's not healthy all the time right so so to be able to um have a game where we can try it and, and then see and, and get a feel for it. Uh, and who knows down the road, they might go back to it. You didn't have the greatest first period. What, what went on before the second period? You guys came out a lot harder and stronger. I think this group has really 
come together in that sense where we know when we play good and bad and, and I think nobody in here felt like we were um, even close to our potential in the first and, and then when that feeling is it's uh, usually a response from this group and, and we've had that a lot lately and um, nothing different tonight I thought we, we came out a lot um, harder in the second and set the tone. That is Matthias Ekholm after a 5-3 Oilers win in Anaheim against the Ducks. You're still going to hear from Leon Dreisaitl. We'll get to a couple more of your phone calls as well. 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Here comes McDavid up the right wing into the Anaheim and through the middle to the left in front. Scores! Zach Hyman right on the doorstep. And this game is tied at three. Well, absolutely no chance for Lucas Dostal on that one. Yeah, superb rush by McDavid. Hyman goes to the net, chips in his 31st of the season. The Oilers get three in the third and beat the Anaheim Ducks 5-3. So it's a $500 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. 100 bucks for every goal all season long from James H. Brown, injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. The the beautiful thing about Hyman, and we I know we talk about this all the time, he makes... Difficult goals from a hard area of the ice look so easy sometimes. <laughs> he, he does. Well, first of all, he's always in the hard areas. Um, and he just puts himself in the right spot. And he gets his stick in the right area. And he positions his body so that if there's someone back-checking, he can absorb the punishment while still pushing the puck towards where it's supposed to be. Uh, and, and he doesn't quit. I mean, he, he came in on the two-on-one and made an unbelievable play and the, the save uh, the, the, the goaltender made was like you, the, you could see the frustration yet he just went back to the same spot the next time he was out there and scored a goal. So, uh, Hyman's quest for 40 and hopefully 50 continues. Um, I thought that line was quiet for the most part, but when the Oilers needed a goal in the third period, they were there for it. So the Oilers win. The Oilers farm team wins as well. Condors 3, Barracuda 2 in overtime. Lavoie scored twice, including the game winner on a power play in overtime. Olivier Rodrigue, goaltender, was named the first star. He made 40 saves in that one. The Oil Kings lost 4-1 in swift current. And the Wild beat the Penguins 3-2 in the NHL and the Rangers over the Blackhawks 4-3 in overtime. The scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. JP is on the line. Hello, JP. Hello, Ree. Hello, Ralph. How are you guys tonight? Very, very good. Well, perfect. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> I'll, I'll get on the brass tag, you guys. I'll tell you right now. We don't move, CC. Not a chance. We don't move, Fogel. I see a lot of, uh, like, a kind of error call, kind of scenario. Call me confused or maybe a drunk caller. I don't care. Don't move this guy. Don't move this guy. We need one individual. I'll tell you right now. We witnessed this, we witnessed this guy tonight. A nice, good ass on the back. Oh, yes. 100%. <laughs> 100%. He's the exact player that the Oilers would love to have. 
you're damn right. This guy is gritty. He don't care about what you say. Okay, all right. That's good for you. I can't wait to meet you in the corner and just grind you, <laughs> grind you into the plexi. This guy is what you need. The good ass. If you got a good ass, we are doing well, you guys. I'll tell you right now, I'll keep it short and sweet. Been a long time, but Rob, it's me. I've gone a long time. My God, I've, I have to again. But this is my final attempt. I need an autograph. She's a quick one, you guys. She's a quick one, bro. Well, sure. Studio 99 will have an autograph and a red wine together. Last time you got me booted from this place when I tried to approach you, I got uh, six security guards. And I'm like, I just went for an autograph. But whatever. What can they do, you guys? But all I'm saying is you get a good ass on the back end. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, guys. Thank you, JP. I don't know if that's the exact pronunciation. But, uh, but it Radko, made me laugh. Radko Gudis is uh, who he's discussing, if anybody didn't put that together. He is in the first year of a three-year contract with the Ducks, paying him $4 million per season. Yes, he is exactly. Oh, he is good. And I tell you, he, he on this team, he was minus one tonight, uh, but he's plus 16 on a season where I th- their, their best defenseman, Fowler, I think who was minus three tonight is now minus 29 on the year. So he's plus 16 on a bad hockey club where other defensemen are in the high minus 20s. He plays with edge. He plays physical. He and Connor were going at it head-to-head all night long. He does not back down from anyone. Yeah, he would be a fantastic addition. Uh, as we saw last year in the playoffs when he was with the the Florida Panthers, uh, he's made for playoff hockey. Uh, just some other stats here. Troy Terry and Bo Grew for the Ducks. Rough nights. They were both minus four. Kane plus four for the Oilers. Had the hat trick. Seven shots on goal. Played 17-29. McDavid three assists in 2018. Uh, odd rough night for McDavid in the faceoff circle. Three out of 12. Drysaddle made up for it going 14 out of 22. He has uh, a goal and an assist plus two in 2008. Nurse played 22-47. Three hits, three blocks, three more block shots for DeHarnay, who played in 1952. I wonder if that's the most he's ever played. Uh, it was I'll up there. Up I mean, Bouchard's minutes were down about three or four tonight because he only played 18-something uh, because of all the different uh, D combinations. Uh, again, I'd, I'd go back to the combinations that they had before. I thought they worked. They obviously didn't like Bouchard and Ekholm uh, separated tonight as they were put back together in the second period. Um, well, we'll see more tomorrow against the, the LA Kings, who, despite the stretch they've had, are a much better hockey club than the Anaheim Ducks. And they will uh, give the Oilers a much better battle. And a, a, not, I mean, it's not life or death yet for the Edmonton Oilers, but. You know, that you don't want to come out of this start to the second half of the season uh, going one of three on your first road trip. So the Oilers will want to make sure that they try to continue this modest winning streak of one game thus far and double it up and make it two tomorrow night. Darnay played uh, 2008 in a game last season. This is the second most he's played. Second time this year he's gotten to 19, well, 1951 it has him, an earlier game this year, 1952. And again, the block shortly before the empty net goal to put it away. Well, Kane gets the goal. Ryan makes a nice place. Play gets the assist. Uh, McDavid, nice little saucer pass to Ryan. But none of that happens if Darnay doesn't get in the way. And again, how far has he come? He was a the sixth, seventh defenseman uh, a lot of the time last year. 
to start the season this year, a healthy scratch, and here we are, minute to go in a hockey game, up a goal. Darnay's on the ice, and it was a good block, and it was Terry, I believe, who had the puck on his stick, who's one of the best players on the Anaheim Ducks, and Darnay just gets in the way. So uh, that's something that you don't see in the score sheet, but you certainly will talk about in the dress room. The coaching staff will, will see that in the video and point out to him, say, hey, that right there was a big reason we won this hockey game. And one thing that is extremely unusual about this game, especially given the last well, 29 games for the Oilers, they didn't kill a penalty. Uh, the Ducks went two for two on the power play. The update here for Conlon Motorsports. They'll help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. The Oilers go one for two on the power play, including the the, the game winner. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the Oilers, I, like, I'm, I'm not ripping the Oilers' penalty kill. Oh, my goodness, they... <laughs> They had a poor game on the penalty. I don't even think they had a poor game on the penalty kill. Anaheim made a couple of nice shots. I mean, well, sometimes they, they go in. They do, uh, yeah. I mean, the, But it's not as if they were giving up wide-open no. grade-A looks. But, yeah, I mean, power plays and penalty kills, there's sometimes your power play's fantastic and the puck doesn't find the back of the net. And there's times you're penalty killing, uh, you, 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 you look awful. They make cross-ice passes, but your goaltender makes big saves. Uh, so it, it all evens out. Uh, the Oilers had gone 41 or 42 or something like that. Uh, eventually, it's going to even out, and a couple are going to get past you. Uh, it didn't hurt the Oilers tonight. They were able to overcome it. Uh, but their penalty killing has much improved, and a big part of it is the play of their defense and the, their ability to block shots and willingness to block shots, added to the fact that both goaltenders have been extremely good here now for a long, long stretch. And then the game winner on the power play, Dry settle with the one-timer. Oddly enough, it fluttered a little bit. It didn't look like he get, quite got all of it, but he gets it off quick. And as you say, Robbie's usually hitting the net. And I, I know sometimes when the, we've taken calls and with the Oilers' power play has a bad night, and it's had stretches this year where it hasn't scored. Well, is it getting predictable? Do they know that they're looking for dry settle? Well, sure, the opponents know they're looking for dry settles. And there have been nights those passes have been intercepted. But mm-hmm. I thought on that one, because McDavid's coming in with such speed, and then it's a hard pass across. And it, usually when the passes get intercepted, it's a static player passing to a static dry set. Well, there, to me, as soon as McDavid goes to the net with that much speed, well, well, now they can't worry about the pass. they got to worry about McDavid with the puck first. Well, what they're doing, too, is, is when they see McDavid coming in with speed, they're trying to get the stick... In the in in the shooting lane, are trying to deflect the puck, and as soon as they move their stick, that's what McDavid's waiting for. He's just waiting for the stick to move. Now here's the passing lane; it's going across. Uh, the the thing with great players and the things with great power plays, when McDavid's coming in, he has two options: he can shoot or pass. Uh, when Drysdale has the puck, he has two options: he can shoot or pass. All five Oilers have the ability to do both, and not all power plays have that. There's most power plays have a guy. Okay, this guy, and when he gets it, he's shooting. You know he's shooting every time. When this guy's getting, he he's always passing it. So or this guy, he's just the net front front present. We've seen that with the others for years, where they've had a guy who stood like Penner, Ryan Smith. Well, Jason really just yeah, yeah they stood in stood front. There, yeah. They weren't really a, an option, 
But Zach Hyman, he doesn't always stand in front of the net. Sometimes he goes to the back door. Sometimes he comes to the front door. Sometimes he kicks out. All five players move around all the time, and we saw that tonight on that second power play. seemed like everybody had one good scoring chance before Settle scored it. Nugent Hopkins hit the, the crossbar. Hyman walked out and almost scored. McDavid shot. Bouchard from the point. Everyone had a go at it, and I think, as Chris Knobloch said, they had a look in their eye when they went out for that power play. Yeah. They were not going to be denied. All right, you'll hear from Leon Dreisaitl, who got the game winner when we get back. Oilers win 5-3 in Anaheim. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Wayne Nugent Hopkins, now to Dreisaitl. To the right wing corner. Minute to go on the power play. Back to the point. Bouchard, left wing. McDavid to Dreisaitl. Scores! The one-timer! And the Oilers have a 4-3 lead. And they would win it 5-3 over the Anaheim Ducks. Evander Kane had a hat trick. Zach Hyman also scored. But here's Dreisaitl. Power play hasn't been the best we've seen it last fall but it looked very very focused on the our last power play it looked you guys put together four scoring chances in a minute uh yeah i, I don't know if i would agree with that okay. uh, stats have been i think pretty good so well, it hasn't carried <laughs> yeah yeah no no there's our, our kill was has been has been the main factor but anyways uh yeah no it was uh it was a timely power play. Um, we created uh, a lot of lot of looks and um, very sharp. Um, obviously needed that, so it's a big goal for us. Tell me about playing with Corey Perry and all the stuff that he brings and does as opposed to playing against him. Uh, it's nice to have him on our side. Um, I think he just is a master at um, you know playing the game within the game a little bit, right? Um, he's done it all his life, and top of that... Um, yeah, he makes, makes great plays with the puck, and um, yeah, it was a good good game for us as a line. I thought uh, something to build on for sure, and um, yeah, he's uh, he's been great for us so far. Had a nice run with like McLeod and Fogel, two faster guys. Now you have two maybe power forwards with you. What's what's it like to get kind of a different look? Uh, yeah, it's a different look, but I, I mean, I try to play my game no matter who I play with. Um, I think I'm uh, capable of, of playing with whoever I'm, I'm out there with, so um, not too worried about it. We get a lot of great players on this team that uh, can contribute and, and play in, in different roles. And um, yeah, like I said, I, I thought we we uh, created some looks as a line and, and um, you know cashed in. So hopefully we can keep it up and, and continue to grow. And the secret sauce of this team: there's a lot of guys that can play in the top six. Lots of combinations. Um, you know, you can shape it uh, any way you want, really. Um, lots of lots of different guys that, that are very comfortable in, in certain situations, so uh, it's a big plus for, it, for a group. Does this team win without the play of Calvin Pickard, especially early in this hockey game? No, he, he gave us a chance to find our legs. Um, you know, uh, I thought he was he was outstanding again. Um, he's been he's been great for us all, all year and uh, made some some really really big stops for us to, to find our legs early on. And um, yeah, I thought he was great. That is Leon Dreisaitl as the Oilers beat Anaheim 5-3. They're back in the win column. Can they make it two in a row tomorrow? They're playing the LA Kings. Our broadcast presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. Face-off show at 6.30. Game at 8 o'clock. Get more on this one on globalnews.ca, 630chet.com. 
Big thanks to Andrew Quinnell, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Hartman Ford Overtime Open Line. <laughs>